0: Welcome everyone to our Polaris podcast. I'm Jeremy Wipek, a partner of the Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, and we have on with us, Jeff Powell. Jeff is our managing partner and our chief investment officer. Jeff, it's great talking to you. Hi, good morning. Jeff, uh, Looking forward to our conversation today. Um, in uh, talking with you, you and I uh, decided it would be uh, really interesting to talk about the evolution of savings and the different strategies that people can use. And so, looking forward to hearing your insights on this topic. So, obviously, this has come up a lot lately, just with uh, some of the recent trends where we're seeing people doing a better job of saving. What are some of the things that people should be thinking of saving for?
1: Well, one of the conversations you and I were having uh, of recent is really just kind of the demographic shift and, and really where we've seen people uh, start to run into to issues being able to save, especially uh, at critical times. And so uh, kind of one of the things that's been interesting is to kind of see uh, how our population in general has started to have children later in life. And because people are having children later in life, uh, college expenses uh, for their children are coming rather than in their 40s, uh, which was a you know, generation before ours, or maybe a slightly more. Uh, it's really creeping into the 50s, and, and uh, depending on how somebody had their child, uh, perhaps even into their early 60s, uh, where, again, they're uh, right near retirement, and all of a sudden they're getting hit with a massive expense uh, if they have not planned properly for it so that was really kind of the catalyst of what you and i were talking about and, and really you know why it's so important uh, to plan and if you haven't planned properly uh, why it's really important uh, to get your ducks in a row uh, when your child is getting close to college uh, with your polaris wealth advisor uh to make sure that you're doing everything correctly for both you and your child
0: yeah that that makes a lot of sense jeff um and uh it's been really interesting doing a lot of financial plans in fact we uh try to do one for every single one of our clients uh to oftentimes the decision as to when to retire um will hinge on well when do i make my last college payment for a child because it is butting up against that date And in some cases, uh, we've actually pushed it back a couple of years because they don't want to have that cash outflow um, for college while they're using their retirement savings. Um, So since college is becoming an increasing large part of what people spend, what are some of the better ways to save for this? How can people try to get in front of this so it's not such a big blow to them financially when the time comes to make those payments?
1: Well, there there are really two main type of accounts that uh, that people Set aside uh, money and uh, to then turn around and uh, um, have that money moved, uh, you know, be used for college payments. Uh, the first is called a Unified Trust for Minors Act account. Uh, we in the financial industry love our acronyms, so a UTMA is what we'll be discussing. Um, and then also uh, the other main uh, account type is called a 529 plan which I believe falls under the IRS code to why it's called a 529 plan. So within a 529 plan, there's a, uh, there's some pros and cons and same thing with the UTMA accounts. Um, but if you're looking at a 529 plan, one really nice thing is you have control of the money always. So if you put money into a 529 plan, your child uh, decides that they're not going to college or they uh, get some massive scholarships of some kind and you don't need that money or resource to go to college uh, then you have the ability you're the owner the child is a beneficiary and within a 529 plan you can change beneficiaries so if you're saving for two children for college for example and one uh is you know able to get qualifications for college in different ways you can actually change that Beneficiary to the second child, and have no issues with it whatsoever. So it's it it has some really nice benefits in the fact that all the money grows tax free and is pulled out without any taxes, so long as you go to an accredited university. Uh, Most colleges that people go to are accredited. So within the United States, it really should not be a huge issue uh, going to an accredited university and having this payoff to that. But surprisingly uh what you will find and we've run into this a lot with uh, other client base that we have uh which is what if my child goes to school abroad goes to school in canada goes to school in europe goes to school wherever and there are hundreds if not more than a thousand uh universities abroad that also qualify for tax free payments through a 529 plan so you have that as really your your main positive there one of the biggest negatives is the restrictive nature of the investment. So A, you're buying a state's 529 plan. So you're gonna have, it's gonna be state run. Uh, You're gonna have only the investment selections from the sponsored uh, broker dealer or bank that's running it, uh, that's made the choices of what the underlying investments are. So A, you know, again, you've got that as a restriction. And then you're only allowed to make one change per year. That's it's waffled back and forth. When they were first issued, it was one. There was a a time where you could do two. It's back to one again of number of changes that you can make within a 529 plan. And as you and I were discussing, there are some ways of getting around that. You can have more than one 529 plan and you can make allocation changes in one account. And then if you didn't get it right or if you want to change it based upon market conditions, then you can change the other 529 plan and, uh, and work around it, but it's far from perfect. So you should just know that going into it. one of the things that you and I did discuss about this and, you know, kind of our our pre-talk about it, uh, about our podcast today was really most people really shouldn't be tinkering with their 529 plan. There are a lot of options that are age-based investing, which get aggressive when the child is younger and gets more conservative as the need for use comes closer to fruition. And so really those would be the types of things that I would be recommending to most people to be investing, kind of a set it and forget it. Now, within both accounts, the, and I'll switch over to UTMA in just a moment. Um, but within both accounts, there's a $15,000 per parent per child limitation. But within the 529 plan, there are catch-up provisions, so you can actually do five years worth of uh, gifting all up upfront uh, within a 529 plan. And oh, by the way, that works for grandparents too. So if you are in a situation where your parents are um, willing to gift, or if you are that grandparent, you're like, yeah, I definitely want to help my my grandkid, then this is a great way of being able to uh, take away some of the pressures that your children and your grandchildren are feeling about college. The other thing that you can do as a grandparent, if you're thinking about it in this context, if you pay directly to the school, it does not go against the gifting laws. So you could have a child, for example, or a grandchild in private high school You could pay for that directly yourself rather than your child or your grandchild uh, paying for that. Uh, And then you could still gift the money on top of that. So long as your money is going directly to the school and the child is not an intermediary. So uh, just some things to think about with regard to the 529 plans and and how to gift for them. Uh, Shifting gears, and I know that I've been talking for a while here, so I'm going to apologize for that. But just shifting gears to UTMA account. Uh, UTMA and UGMA. Uh, have been used for years for college savings 529 plan uh, is long-standing now but it's about 25 years old versus mid-60s mid-50s for uh, ugma accounts and utma accounts really the biggest difference between those two so one stands for unified gift for Minors act that's the ugma versus unified trust for Minors act um, and really what you're talking about with a utma uh, as in tom you are actually able to extend the time period in which uh, your child uh, will receive this money. So, for example, uh, all you GMA accounts by age of 18, uh, money and the custodial nature of of this account gets stripped. So, you are uh, the custodian of this money for your child. It's in their tax ID number, um, which means that it's their, their tax bracket, which should be significantly lower than yours, if not non-existent. But nonetheless, uh, it's at the child's tax limit. But at age 18 with a UGMA, as in George, uh, the money transfers to the child because uh, your custodial uh, duties are over at that point. And some people have some very big issues with potentially handing over tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to an 18-year-old who may or may not be ready for it or responsible for it. Um, And I don't care who you are. I mean, if you're dealing with a three, four, five-year-old and starting to set aside money for them, you don't know if your child's going to go out and buy a Ferrari at 18 or not. You know, so uh, I've had, you know, every uh, different type of person uh, during my career come up to me and talk about the same thing. You know, what if my kid has a drug issue? What if my kid has, you know, is not going to go to college and just decides, you know, screw you, pups. I'm going out and buy myself a Ferrari. Thank you for setting aside all this money. Um, not much you can do about that. So that's really where, again, you've got to educate your child over time. Um, and again, the UGMA account has that restriction, whereas the UTMA, you know, if I trust for minors act allows you to push that age limit to 25. Um, and so again, the pros there, you can invest in anything. You get that same $15,000 per parent per child. Uh, it's at the child's tax bracket and you can make as many changes as you want to. You can day trade the account if you want to, not that I'm recommending that. But again, you the world is your oyster with the underlying investments. But the really big, you know, negative to it is the tax ramifications. And oftentimes, it's yes, it's the tax ramifications at your kids' tax bracket. But think about making that first big check payment to uh, whatever you know school that your college is going to, and all of a sudden you're selling thirty-five, forty thousand dollars worth of securities in order to come up with the cash in order to pay for a semester of school. That creates a tax event. And so, again, it's something that you just need to be aware of. You need to plan for uh, and act accordingly. Now, where I've seen it really work the best Jeremy, is combining both, having a little bit of money in UTMA, having a little bit of money in 529 plans. I will tell you personally, that is what I've done for my three children is to have money in both types of accounts um, because there's advantages and disadvantages of both. Um, I wanna pick up some of the tax free ramifications of the 529 plan, but I want a lot more of the control uh, within a UTMA account.
0: Yeah, Jeff, thank you so much for that thorough explanation on the two. And one thing I would add is that there are potentially ways that you can extend when a UGMA or a UTMA account actually uh, distribute to the minor, or I should say uh, are transferred over to the direct custody of the minor. Um, where you're no longer as a parent or as a guardian uh, over that account. And so that's something that if people are interested in that, I would definitely recommend that they talk to their wealth advisor because there's certain ways that they can structure that where the UGMA account potentially up to the age of 21, UTMA account potentially up to the age of 25. Jeff, one of the major concerns that I get with using a 529 plan is what if my child doesn't go to college? Or what if they don't use all the money? And I think this is one of the things where the UTMA shines because if they don't use the money for college, well, they can use it for anything, right? It becomes their asset and they can use it to buy a house, pay for a wedding, start a business, or whatever it may be. With the 529 plan, what does a person do if either their child doesn't use all the money or their child decides to go a different route and doesn't end up needing the, the money for a qualified uh, college expense? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. Uh, so, a few different options that you can do there. Uh, so, again, if you have more than one child, you change the beneficiary to the other child that's going to be going off to school. And maybe maybe even with that, you've overfunded because of the one child, you know, let's we'll say that they become, you know, I don't know, a, a musical prodigy and they don't need to go to college in order to deal with that, or they become Zuckerberg, and they uh, use, you know, one year's worth of college, and then they go out on their own and become a multi-billionaire and don't need that money. We're not saying that this is not a, a successful child. We're just saying that they may or may not need this money. And so uh, the beauty behind it is you're the owner. So A, you can continue to hold that money. And when your child has grandchildren, you know, or have their own children, you have grandchildren, you can actually wait that long and change the benefit rate to it a grandchild the other thing you can do use it yourself you know take cooking classes in provence Uh, so long as you are going to an accredited university uh you know you are able to use that money yourself for educational purposes and i've seen that being used uh, as well worst case scenario you know let's say that your children don't have children um you don't like cooking and you don't want to take classes and you don't want to use this money for anything educational for yourself it can in a sense be used as another retirement account and people have used it that way so you can grow this money and draw it out in retirement uh and there won't be penalty now if you draw it out in you know before retirement before 59 and a half then you'll be penalized uh the 10 percent just like any other tax-deferred type of situation. So the only negative out of this, you put aside money, your children don't go to college, um, you know, you, you don't have grandkids, you don't have you know, nieces or nephews you want to gift this to or, or whatever. You can use it in retirement, uh, withdraw the money yourself and be taxed on the gain that you uh, occurred within that account.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, in those scenarios, I love the uh, the example that you gave, which is to potentially use it for the grandchildren. One of the uh, requests that I often get when I work with people on their retirement plan or I should say rather their financial plan is that they want to leave a legacy. and oftentimes that legacy includes uh, helping to pay for college expenses for future generations, just because it's become such a significant portion of what people spend. And I like to say, well, imagine that I could give you a vehicle where you could put money aside that's earmarked for education and will grow tax-free and will distribute tax-free when it's used for that education. And that's kind of hitting all the uh, the different boxes on what they want. And that, that could be a 529 plan. Now, Yeah. Uh,
1: one of the things, Jeremy, that most people don't realize is that you can actually set up a 529 plan before you have a Social Security number. And so you can actually set aside uh, this for an unborn child you know unborn grandkids as you were saying legacy of you know if you're if you find out that your child is having a child you don't have to wait for that child to be born in order to set up a 529 plan and start saving right away uh, so it's it's as you said a really cool thing where mm-hmm. you can set up a legacy so you make your you know to be careful you probably want to make your kid the owner of it uh, rather than you know, if you're looking at legacy management uh, so long as you trust your child to be financially responsible for this money, um, and then start putting aside money for that future grandchild, uh, or grandchildren. Uh, it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I, as you were talking about that, I thought that's something that, uh, a lot of people could do if they're trying to meet that need. And it's one of the better ways to save, although it's certainly limited and that can either be a pro or a con depending on what a person's trying to accomplish. Yeah. And Jeff, I think the other area that would be very helpful is just understanding financial aid and how these different assets potentially impact financial aid. I mean, are there any considerations that should be made for people that are trying to qualify for for financial aid? You know, um,
1: the, the one thing as I understand it um, with financial aid is you either need to be kind of all in or, or not uh, with regard to this. Um, if you wanna qualify for financial aid, even if like, for example, if grandparents are setting aside money for their grandchildren, that impacts the, the grandchild's ability to get uh, and qualify for financial aid. So there, there are some negative consequences when it comes to this. So uh, most financial aid, they're going to want to see you spend the money that's been set aside for college first before you will qualify for uh, financial aid. So I always tell people, you know, you either do it or don't do it. You know, you can I know people that set aside money in a segregated account for college and they just keep it in their own name to have all the flexibility. Now, is that perfect? Far from it. Again, this money is going to be taxed at the parents' tax bracket, not the kids, uh, and so on, but it, it keeps the money out of the kids' hands so they don't have to worry about some of the other things that we were talking about. Plus uh, it's easy for easier for them to qualify for uh, college tuition assistance uh, if it's in the parent's name rather than the kid's name. So there are some negative impacts of this. So really, to me, uh, don't go into this, don't wait into this. Either be verbose and set aside enough money uh, so that your child will be uh, well taken care of uh, for college or not, Um, kind of the, 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 the real necessity within this if they're going to qualify for financial aid. Now, some people that doesn't really work for them well, because some people want their kids to have skin in the game when it comes to paying for at least a part of their college, which this does help them with. Um, but it, it does put some complexity to the situation of how you would qualify for, for a future financial aid.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's really helpful, um, that kind of all or nothing approach. And This is actually uh, one of the frustration points I often see is that, unfortunately, the way that the financial aid system works in this country, people are penalized for doing the right thing, which is saving for their children's or grandchildren's or related uh, family members' uh, college uh, expenses. But uh, unfortunately, that's the system that we work with. Um, But the great news is that there's a lot of really effective tools that are out there to help people as they try to prepare for what's going to be. One of the most significant expenses that people have in their uh, early adult life. Uh, Jeff, any last thoughts that you'd leave with us before we uh, wrap up for today?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing again, um, sit down with your Polaris Wealth advisor, uh, get an understanding of you know, public school versus private school, how much it's going to cost. You know when it, you know how far off are you from college right now? College expenses are going up at 6% per year. Uh, There's a reason why we have uh, more college debt on people's books today than ever before. Uh, It is, uh, well, partially because there's more people that are going to college than ever before. So there's a little bit of lying with statistics there, but a lot of this is putting a further onus onto uh, the next generations to afford their own uh, college. Now, depending on where you fall, personally, you know, really kind of comes down to how much of college you're going to pay for, for your child or grandchild. Um, And so, again, sitting on with an advisor, mapping this out, being purposeful with it, you know, monthly contributions every month, like clockwork, that's the easiest and best way of doing it. Set it, forget it, allow it to continue to grow, add to it when you can. Uh, ask for help if you need it uh, from family members and so on so that this money is there. And so that's really kind of the the biggest thing that I would do is just like anything else in life, be purposeful with it, be be planning oriented with it. We're here to help you with it. Um, And again, uh, things like 529 plans, uh, they're great in some ways, not great in others. UTMAs are great in some ways not great in others. Let us sit down with you and kind of build a plan of, of how much money should go where in order to get you, uh, and your more importantly, your child through college successfully.
0: Yeah, Jeff, great advice. And all, as always, really appreciate the uh, expertise and, and knowledge that you bring on the subject. And so to everyone that's uh, listening to us today, as always, we really appreciate you uh, giving us your time. And as always, be happy, be safe, and be healthy.
2: Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, is a federally registered investment advisor. The information, statements, and opinions expressed in this material are provided for general information only and are subject to change without notice. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs, is not intended as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security, and is not intended as individual or specific advice. It should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice. Polaris Wealth does not offer professional, legal, or tax advice. All information contained herein is believed to be accurate, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Polaris Wealth Advisory Group LLC, and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. No advice may be rendered by Polaris Wealth Advisory Group, LLC, unless a client service agreement is in place.